Rise Up. Welcome to Rise Up Radar, where we keep the Falcons on your radar. Thank you for joining me, Stan Parker, for another episode. Let's have a ballin' show. And we are back again with another episode of Rise Up Radar. I got an awesome show for you tonight. Um, Today we're going to go over some undrafted free agents uh, that could make an impact. We're going to go over some Julio trade possibilities and why or why or why the Falcons should or should not trade Julio. And um, the mindset of true competition going forward. Arthur Smith, um, in our last podcast, we talked about, had some interesting comments about um, competition going forward. And we'll end the show talking a little bit about that. And um, yeah, just the Falcons' future in general. So let's jump right on into it. The Falcons, uh, the draft is coming on, and I'm sure you've looked at a lot of draft grades, and I'm sure you've listened to the previous podcast, and I gave them a B, which, you know, I don't really like doing grades, but everybody else around the NFL typically has given the Falcons a positive grade. But one thing they haven't addressed in the draft was running back. Now, um, not every impact let's see not every impact player comes from the draft there are some i mean names that you've probably heard of before that you didn't realize that maybe they were undrafted Brian Poole, Ryan Schrader um those guys came were undrafted free agents and i think at least two maybe even three skill position players will make the team and uh, probably probably some more than that because the Falcons are really in a bad spot in their cap. But um, first off, we're going to talk about Javion Hawkins from Louisville. He's kind of your um, – he is a change of pace back, um, home run hitting type um, running back from Louisville. And I think it will be – if you if they sign they've signed him already so he's already on you know the roster but if he makes the starting fifty three man roster then you could have feasibly in your backfield you could have because they signed Cord Falcons have signed Cordell Patterson as well he's like a return specialist but he's also done um he's done run he's been a running back and he's also been a you know a return man so. Um, so we got court, got Cordell Patterson going on. You got obviously Mike Davis is going to be the running back one. And I, I'm, I'm assuming Cordell Patterson two. Cordell, Cordell Patterson Patterson will be running back, um, running back two. And then running back three is probably going to be Quadri Allison, um, because he hasn't been, I mean, he hasn't got much run. And maybe it's because he's not as talented as I think he is, or that he just doesn't have the opportunity. So, but in in the year that the running backs did not give you much, mainly because of offensive linemen and Tiger Lee being old, um, Quadri Olson still didn't get a shot. So maybe he is thinking that he could get a shot. Um, I was thinking, as mentioned on my, our last episode, that Brian Hill was still out there, but he got signed recently, so that's not a possibility there. But um, Javion Hawkins is the guy. Um, 
He could be he could become a Darren Sproles type of running back. So um, I believe that that Javion Hawkins will make the roster and he will make a impactful role in the coming 2021 season. So um, look for that. And go look at the other undrafted free agents. They've signed um, 29 other names. I'm not going to go over them all right now. I'll probably put that on the uh, future episode list of just going through and and um, breaking down who might make the roster or practice squad or you know where who's got what. But Javion Hawkins would be a, is going to be a good one, I think. So go look up his YouTube. You know, his highlights, he's fast. And another guy that I really is another another running back that the Falcons have signed and you probably have never heard of is Caleb Huntley. Look out for Caleb Huntley's name. He is a big back that has good speed. He's, um, I mean, he's like 5'11", 225 kind of guy. Um, big back. But he could be, if Quadri Allison is supposed to be the big back as well, and he's not cutting the mustard and can't block or, you know, they don't like what he's showing you, that a low-doe undrafted free agent could come into pitcher, could be Caleb Huntley from Ball State. So everybody get the Google machine out. Go look him up. Go look at some highlights. He, he's breaking some tackles. He's They use him as goal line. So he could be a goal line option. On undrafted free agent because we're balling on a budget right now, guys. Because um, the Falcons literally don't have the money to sign their free agency class. So another undrafted free agent that um, is getting some buzz is offensive guard um, Ryan Newzeal from App State, um, interior guard. So uh, look for that name to maybe make the practice squad. So these are guys that you got to understand. They're, you're not going to all of a sudden, although Brian Poole, Brian Poole made a name for himself, got himself another contract from being a, uh, an undrafted free agent. So kudos to him uh, for making an impact and being one of, you know, a, I mean, he missed a lot of tackles, but he is a, a serviceable corner off undrafted out of Florida. So, uh, the Falcons have had success finding some undrafted um, free agents. Um, so, who knows? The guard might come into play. But the big name, the what everybody's talking about, is quarterback Felipe Franks. Felipe Franks played in Florida, transferred out of Florida, went to Arkansas, and had an okay year. Um, but, you know, he's he'll wear a, a baseball hat and a clipboard. Hopefully, because we don't want Matt Ryan to get hurt. He might make, but Matt, but AJ McCarron is your quarterback too right now. So now they have Matt Ryan, AJ McCarron, and Felipe Franks in as um, as quarterbacks. So those are some names that could make an impact as undrafted free agents. There's a ton out there still. There's 29. I mean, 29 names to go and research and go see. I'll uh, we'll we'll probably break some of those down too, but those are the four that I think could you could hear again. You can actually hear make the roster or kind of get excited for. I would go with um, Javion Hawkins. I would go Felipe Franks. I would go that guard, the New New Zeal, and then I would go 
the big running back Huntley, from, Caleb Huntley from Ball State. So those are four guys you could look for and look out for in the coming um, season and training camp, all that stuff. So you'll start hearing like you know when training camp starts, hopefully in a normal time and a normal capacity that oh this guy Huntley is 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 really showing us something. So hopefully you you know <laughs> this is way early, but you you hear you heard it here first. And so the next thing I want to talk about though is that we were just talking about being in you know not in a very good spot with your your cap being being tight with money and being not being able to pay for this draft class what would save you 15 million dollars in one day and you would have enough money presumably to sign all of your draft class your nine draft class and your 29 oh 20 excuse me i kept saying 29 the reason I keep saying 29 of undrafted free agents is because there's nine drafted rookies. So there's 20 undrafted rookies that the Falcons have under, you know signed as free agents. And then there's nine draft picks. So a total of 29 rookies in the Falcons organization right now. So I've, it's not 29 undrafted free agents. It's 29 rookies altogether. Sorry, I got that confused. Julio Jones trade would... Would after June first, which is coming up in a month, would free up fifteen million dollars in cap space, and that would help you moving forward. But so, is that worth it to trade away the best wide receiver in Falcons history? Could potentially be the best Falcon in Falcons history. Um, and we could have an argument with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Uh, personally, my favorite Falcon of all time, um, Mike Vick was close, but um, Julio is is he's one of a kind. He is there's none like him. But this Kyle Pitts guy could potentially be the next Julio Jones. He's six six and he's got insane measurables. He runs routes like Julio. Now that's he's really. His NFL comp is Darren Waller from the Raiders. Now, Darren Waller's more of like an athletic type tight end and could run. But if you, from, I've watched a tons of Julio tape that um, he looks a lot like Julio to me. So if he becomes anywhere near Julio, then they're going to be in good shape. And I think this is hot take that. Um, <clears throat> That Kyle Pitts will be the best rookie at his position. I think he will outshine Trevor Lawrence this year. So that's my opinion. But is saving that money worth trading away a generational talent? Is it going to make your team better next year? Is it going to make? Is it going to set you up for the future and 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 get the Falcons going in the right direction for an overall fr- franchise standpoint? I don't know. There are arguments on both sides. Don't trade him. Let him end his let him end his career. Let him continue to work with Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley, and let him keep doing what he's doing, and maybe even restructure his deal, or ship him out of town. Save that fifteen million. You've already got Calvin Ridley. He's uh, he's an incredible wide receiver, and you've got Kyle Pitts coming in to learn. 
Um, we've still got a potent offense. You won't your offense won't suffer much without Julio. It's the theory, and the theory is that you won't lose. I heard Skip and Shannon barking about you won't lose anything in the locker room because he's kind of a quiet guy. I mean, do you think about that, or do you think about you know all the things that he does right and the example that he does? I know Chris comes on the podcast a lot, and he's uh, a really um, a proponent of you know the passing of the guard and and letting Julio um, pass down how to be a receiver, how to be a professional, and how to be you know a freak at your position. So um, yeah, I uh, so that's the question: Do you trade Julio or do you not trade Julio? Well, obvious the obvious answer is. Well, what are you going to get in return? And if you, whatever you get in return does not help you this year, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards, I mean, my thoughts change every week. So, um, but I'm leaning towards no, unless you can get a defensive player, um, of equal value to Julio, like, you know, a starting defensive end that is an a pro bowler um, or a pro bowl caliber because Julio hasn't made the pro bowl last year, but you know, that would change my mind. I would ease my mind more uh, picks. I don't think I would want picks for Julio. If we did do picks for Julio, it'd have to be first round picks. That's the only way we could talk. And Julio's, you know, 32 It's going into his 12th season. 11th or 12th season, um, he's he's uh, he's got the tag of being injury prone. He's always ended up he's always fighting a hip or a hammy, so um, the value might not be there. But the the way that I can ease trading Julio is if you get a, a starting caliber defensive player in here for Julio. That's the only way I would trade him. I don't think I would trade him for picks anymore. I used to think that around the draft time, I thought uh, I would trade him for picks, but um, now I don't know. I I would have to. I would want to trade him for a player that starts this year. So that's my thoughts. If I was going to trade him, I would trade him to a team that would give me a starting defensive player. And now, who? What teams would those be? Those teams could be. Think about this: the Chargers. The Chargers have enough money to take on that contract, and you could get like Melvin Ingram. I know he's in like a Pro Bowl defensive end, and that's lofty expectations. But I would that would be something I would I would do. Um, maybe so like Baltimore get a defender from Baltimore. They have enough room to absorb enough money to absorb that that contract. Cardinals maybe, and maybe even. Um, well, Green Bay's a mess right now, so I don't know about Green Bay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Baltimore, Chargers, and, oh, the Bears probably. They wouldn't give up Cleo Mack, obviously, because, I mean, that would be – I mean, if they did, then I'd shake their hand and run. But um, I'm just thinking of players that have – teams that have enough money left over to absorb his big contract and that have – the necessary value at defensive players that could 
you know they would come off of. So those are some three three names that you could research and think about. That'd be um, uh, something uh, something to think about. So our next and final topic of discussion for you today is going to be true competition. Now, every coach starts off by saying there will be competition at every roster, every spot, and the best players win, or the best players will play. And that, lots of times, is not the case. There's lots of times that you see what we see in with, especially with Dan Quinn's regime, that, um, okay, well, I'm going to walk that back a little bit, that I'm not going to so much blame, blame Dan Quinn and his regime for not playing the best players of uh, hostile maybe they were seeing something we did not see but um it never seemed i the personnel decisions especially through the offensive line were baffling to me and along the defensive line the whole saga with um Deidrean sanat of uh, never playing him getting like deactivated for one game uh, for adding an extra fullback to the roster and they got torched that game. I think it was against the Cleveland Browns, and that was the game Nick Chubb ran Ranshot over. Um, that was the game that Nick Chubb just ran over the Atlanta Falcons. And having a defensive tackle on the roster instead of a fullback probably would have helped that game. Now, I'm not saying he – I mean, because Deidre Sinat has not amounted to anything so far out of Baylor, but – those kind of decisions are like, wait a minute, what's happening? So back to what we're talking about is true competition that Arthur Smith has come out and said, yes, the expectation is to win now. The expectation is to, we are going to be competitive and we're going to win now. And the best players are going to play for our squad. And they have drafted two offensive linemen. They have drafted, um, a center out of jail. They've drafted Jalen Mayfield from Michigan and drew Dahlman out of uh, Stanford, a center and a guard respectively. And they're going to let, let everybody have a competition. So I think Caleb Farley, uh, wow. Caleb Farley, not the cornerback for Virginia tech. I am talking about, um, Caleb McGarity, um, out of Washington, I believe. Um, I think that he has competition behind him, that he has not lived up to his first-round draft um, in some instances where he's a little hit or miss, so maybe a competition where they were going to push him. And then I think that whole left guard is going to be plugged with um, Jalen Mayfield probably day one. But he's the third-round pick, and he's going to come in and be talented and start. So um, – Another quote from Arthur Smith was that I've mentioned it another time before, but that they've picked the wrong coaching staff if they want us to take our time with this rebuild. So he did say rebuild, but he said he wants to. It's not a blow this team up and 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 blow this team up and start from the ground up and and not be competitive. So they want to be competitive. The Falcons. I did I looked at it again, and I don't know why, but it just hurts me. The Falcons were two and eight in one possession games last year two and eight if you just get half of i mean if you go 500 in the in those situations you're looking at a different season well let me let me just back that up if you win you know six of those six of eight of those 
you're this is a completely different team and we're not talking about a 4 and 12 team we're talking about a 10 win team that is in a hunt for a wild card so they're there they're going to be competitive this year i think they'll fight for a wild card spot this year so going forward having new blood in here and having new competition having just new life I don't know if Arthur Smith's going to have all the fancy sayings that Dan Smith's Dan Quinn had. I don't think Arthur Smith's going to have as glorious and as polished of press conferences that Dan Quinn had. I mean, Dan Quinn could win the media. Dan Quinn was very eloquent with words and could could wax poetically about stuff and being fired up and being mad and being all these other things. Um, I think Arthur Smith's just a real dude. And um, just this story in general that he started off in Washington and his dad is a minority order. His dad was a minority order owner. Man, I cannot. Of that franchise, Washington football team franchise. And he moved out of that intentionally to not to not have the optics of his dad getting him a job. So he went to Tennessee, made a name for himself. And I think that's cool. I think he's a real dude and i think he's serious um <laughs> i think he's very serious a lot of his press conferences i watch he's always like staring into the camera like being very like direct and very serious so uh and i don't know I'm, I'm super excited and i think he can coach i think he's a real coach and i think um i think he he's going to do wonders for the competition around here so true competition is what he's preaching and hopefully Everybody but Matt Ryan has somebody behind them wanting to take their job. Because when you're a 4-12 team and you're floundering and you're having multiple five-game losing streaks on your record, um, if you play bad, there's literally no one behind you that could play any better. So there's like, you know, I guess I messed that block up. Yes, I had that penalty. Yes, I had that holding call. But who are they going to put in? They ain't going to bench me. There ain't no way they're going to bench me because there ain't nobody back there. We've got 29 hungry, young players coming in that want to, to to take the next step and want to be in the NFL and want to be good in the NFL. And so having healthy, young competition that are hungry is going to greatly improve, um, I think, the level of play of the veterans. But also, um, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll polish some of the young guys, too. So... I'm excited about the true competition that Arthur Smith is uh, preaching. So, And I believe him. I have no reason not to believe him. Um, I have no uh, no doubts that that will happen. And we'll, we'll see what happens at running back position. There could be a four-headed monster. There could be a three-headed monster. And I use monster loosely because it could be just serviceable. Because the names that I read to you at the beginning of this podcast... We're not sexy by any chance, but could end up being very good. Look what Dan, um, Kyle Shanahan has done out in um, San Francisco with names that aren't Adrian Peterson and or Todd Gurley or big names like Elliot, um, Ezekiel Elliott. He's taken names um, that are not exactly household names, but he's created a three-man rotation out there that will absolutely run you over. So that could be a thing. That could be what that that um, Arthur Smith has got going on here. So right now it's probably going to be running back one, Mike Davis, running back two, Cordell Patterson, running back three, Quadri Olson, running back four. 
I'm going to go um, Javion Hawkins is what my prediction is. So um, I appreciate y'all listening tonight. And um, if you like what you heard, go ahead and like us on Facebook. I have a Facebook page up for Rise Up Radar. And then I've got we've got the podcast going on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast going. And I've also created a um, – I started posting these videos of line of the of the – group discussion between me and Todd and Chris and Zach. And so anytime we do a zoom call and we get us all together and we do a podcast that way, I've been post, I'm going to start posting those. So check that out on Facebook or on YouTube. It's under Stan Parker. We'll change that very soon. We can just search rise up radar and then we'll be good to go. So go ahead and go watch those. It's kind of fun to see Todd's funny backgrounds and all of us kind of joking together. So, Um, I appreciate y'all listening, and uh, until next time, Falcons fans, rise up.